You're listening to Rabbi Arya Wolby, Director of Torch, the Torah Outreach Resource Center of Houston. This is the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Rabbi Arya Wolby, and we're continuing the 48 ways. Way number two, the second way of acquiring Torah, acquiring happiness, maximizing life, uh, we said way number one was with study, to study and to learn. I want to just add one little nugget to what we spoke about in the previous podcast, and that is that in Judaism we recognize that there's just as there's a four-step process in agriculture, we plow, we plant, we harvest, and we consume, so too in study we need to learn things four times. And if you look in the Talmud, every page of the Talmud has four lines of commentary above it. And the reason our sages tell us is that before you turn that page, study what you've learned four times before you move on. So I think that that's very, very important for us to remember. Whenever we study, review what it is that you're learning so that you have a grasp, a clarity to the subject. The next is Bishmiat Ha'ozen, which is with listening, with the listening of the ear. A person, we mentioned this in way number one, that we need to always be learning from situations, but we also now need to be listening to our messages. There are messages that are being sent to us constantly by the Almighty and by the things that go on around us. Hashem sends us constant messages and we need to listen to them. Very interesting that we see in the Torah when we talk about the adulterous woman, immediately following that portion of the Torah, it talks about the Nazir, the Nazarite. And the Nazir should abstain from drinking wine. There there are several different restrictions that fall upon a Nazir. And our sages ask, why do we put the adulterous woman right next to the Nazarite? So Rashi explains, he says, because it's a message If you needed to see a woman who was put on trial for having an adulterous relationship, there's a a message being told. What got her into this problem? She drank too much wine. Ah, it's a message. Stay away from wine. It's a message. There's constantly messages sent our way. Make learning opportunities your teacher. Listen. You, You know, it's an incredible thing is that we learn in the Torah so much by the order in which things are placed and in the location of where things are placed. If you were writing the Torah, where would you put the Jewish people receiving uh, the revelation at Mount Sinai, the Ten Commandments? Where would you put that? In which portion? I would find a portion named Moses or Joshua. I'd probably find a really special portion. No, it's found in a portion that's named for a non-Jew who later converted. His name is Yisro. In the portion that's set for his name is where the Torah is given to the Jewish people. Why? Say, just tell us. Because there's a message that he teaches us. The first word in that portion is Vayishma. And Yisro heard. He got the message. He heard. And that's something. It's the prerequisite for Torah study is to listen to those messages and hear them. To hear them through and through. Everybody has their own world. Everyone has their own talents, their own skills, their own abilities. Everyone has their own world that they're living in. And we have to know that world. Pay attention to that world. 
my grandfather's teacher, Rabbi Yeruchim Lovavitz, in the Mir in Poland, would give discourses and lectures to his students talking about current events. And if you wonder why would he teach about current events, because current events teach us about lessons that we need to learn, that we need to incorporate in our lives. You know, there's, there's an incredible story that I heard from Rabbi Noach Weinberg. He says that he once met a, a student backpacking across Europe, and he met, a, he met him actually at the Kota, at the Western Wall, on his last day before he was heading home. So he says, Nusa, how was, how was uh, Israel? You know, you are finally at the Holy Land. You went to you know, Thailand, and you went to India, and you went all over the, the Far East. Now you're in Israel. How was the Holy Land? So the, the, this young uh, backpacker says to Rabnoah Weinberg, he says, I'll be honest with you. It's not so holy. I, I didn't see holiness. Uh, he says, what do you mean? You went to the holy city of Tzfat and you didn't see uh, holiness? He says, no. He says, you went to Tiberias where Maimonides is buried. You didn't, no, no holiness. You went to Hebron? Yes, no holiness. Nowhere. Here at the Western Wall? No, no holiness. So the rabbi said, okay, if you didn't see holiness, at least did you enjoy the beautiful bafoof sticks? He says, bafoof sticks? What is, what's that? He says, what do you mean? These the big bafoof sticks. Everywhere you go, you see these. these. He says, I, I, I haven't seen them. He says, you mean you went to, to, to all of these places? Or you went to Haifa and you went to the Golan Heights and you didn't see bafoof sticks? He says, rabbi, I don't know what bafoof sticks are. I don't know. If I actually saw them, the rabbi says, so what is holiness? What is holiness? You know for sure you didn't see holiness. Tell me, what's your definition for holiness? We always need to ask questions. We mentioned this in the first way. We need to ask questions. Never assume that you understand the definition of anything. Ask and inquire. Pay attention to what people say and what goes on around you. Most people, sadly, today don't listen. They don't listen to the simple messages that are being told. And they're saying it with their own mouth. They're saying it, but their own ears don't, don't hear it. People ask for advice. I see this constantly as a rabbi. People ask for advice and don't listen to the answers. They're not listening for your answers. And it's, 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 it's troubling when people are living a life where it's just, it just is. And they're not willing for any, any input whatsoever. Listen to the lessons of the past and learn lessons from, a, from a, your experience. We all have life experience. A child that's one day old has one day life experience. But, a, but someone who's an adult uh, in their 20s, in their 30s, in their 40s, in their 50s, 60s, they have a lot of life experience. In fact, my rabbi used to say that, and this is the actual halacha, that someone who is over 70 years old, whether they're Jewish or not, whether they're a rabbi or not, you have to stand up when they walk into the room. Why? Because someone who's lived life 70 years has a lot of wisdom. And we respect wisdom. You have to stand up for them. It's an incredible thing. Um, my rabbi would also say that anyone who has, a, has white here, white is like the sign for information center. When you have a white, a white, white here means this person has life experience and you can go listen, learn lessons from them. The fundamental difference between an adult and a child is that the child sees the world in one dimension. That one dimension is now. An adult, hopefully, hopefully this is the case with most mature adults, is that they see life in a three dimension, right? They use the past experiences and future vision to help navigate the present. 
I have a vision to accomplish this, using my past history, I'll apply it to right now. Yonah. What was Jonah and the whale? He got the message eventually. He was tried to hide from the message. But listening and hearing messages is not such a given, not such an obvious thing. Um, my grandfather, I once walked into his study, and he was very, very happy. I could see his face was beaming. I said, Saba, what are you so excited about? He said, I heard a lecture from my rabbi 50 years ago, and I just understood what he meant. Now, I'll tell you why today we don't remember what we did. We ate for breakfast yesterday. The reason is because we have a tremendous reliance on technology. We have video to capture the moment. We have photography to capture the moment. We have audio recording to capture the moment. So we're using less of our own resources. I think sometimes we're not using our own resources and and absorbing the information and thinking about it and listening to it again and again and again to understand what it means. Hopefully, if that's something that we can change in our lives and be less reliant on technology to do the hearing for us, then uh, it's a great, it's a great, it'll be worth this class for us to gain even one ounce of less reliance on technology. Another question that should be asked is, what does this idea mean to me in my own words? We have to make it ours. You can hear a concept, okay, but now make it yours. Internalize the idea. Make it practical to your own, make it usable for yourself. Put things you hear into action. You hear a story, you hear a midrash, you learn a, a, a halacha, you learn a, a, you know, a, a law, a custom, you hear a story, it's inspiring. You know, they say that people go to a lecture. Do you know how much information they remember by the time they walk out of that lecture? About 5%. And if we became more accustomed if we became more accustomed to listening, really hearing deeply the messages, it'll be a life-changing experience. Also, part of listening is to accept criticism. Appreciate criticism. It makes you better. Criticize a wise person and he will love you for it. Because a wise person understands the value of seeing another perspective. And even if that person is wrong in their criticism of you, it still gives you a perspective that you didn't have. And appreciate it. Ignore the messenger or presentation. Take the message. Now, the rules of criticism we know, the rules of criticism we mentioned here before, but the rules are that if someone is willing to hear, you're obligated to say it. If someone is not willing to hear the criticism, you're obligated not to say it. This is a Talmud in Tractate Yevamot, which teaches us that that just as there's a mitzvah to reprimand, a mitzvah in the Torah, to reprimand someone who will listen, is a mitzvah to not reprimand someone who will not listen. And that's very important. Make sure that you do it out of love. Make sure that you really have a love and the proper intention for the person who you're telling this to, this criticism, uh, because if it's not with love, it's not. It's going to fall on deaf ears, unfortunately. Accepting different perspectives is a very important uh, part of this. Only the, There's a saying that's only the neighbor hears both sides of the story. You know, you have this couple fighting, the neighbor, right? I'll just tell you a funny story. I once We once had a rabbi in our house visiting. Uh, this is back when I was a child even. I, it was many, many years ago. And uh, my parents were having some type of, not disagreement, but just like a conversation. They said, let's ask the rabbi. The rabbi's like, no, 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 no. Let me tell you a story, he says. He says there was once a couple that had someone visiting in their house, and this guest never left. They couldn't get him out. He was there for one day, two days, three days, four days. And like, 
let's come up with a scheme. So the, the couple came up with a scheme. We're going to get into an argument and we're going to fight and we're going to ask him for his opinion and whoever he chooses their side, the other one will kick them out. So they got into this fight and they, they go to the rabbi and the rabbi, rabbi, you tell us who's right. He's like, I'm not saying a word. You're going to kick me out if I say, you know, he got it right away. We can laugh about that. But in, in reality, um, we it's sometimes it's crazy to hear two sides. I've had uh, many couples come here and talk to me about uh, marital issues. And it, it really is amazing that if they took a step back and listened to themselves, they can solve their own problems. They can solve it rather quickly. Usually people are just too stubborn and they don't want to listen to anything. Effective listening, gain a depth of understanding. It says in the Torah that the Torah was given at Mount Sinai. There were 600,000 different perspectives to the Torah. Shishim Rebo Panim La Torah. There are 600,000 different perspectives to the Torah. You know why? Because there were 600,000 individuals standing around Mount Sinai who heard the revelation when God pronounced the Ten Commandments. So, yeah, this, you know, I'll tell you an interesting story. I've said this before. Uh, you'll remember the O.J. Simpson case. And um, I remember I was pretty young. I was, in my, I was a teenager then. And uh, we were com- coming back from shul one Shabbos. And my neighbor is an attorney. And we were talking over the case. He asked me, what do you think? I said, I think for sure he's guilty. And he said, well, I, I, I don't see it that way. And he gave me a beautiful eye-opening lesson. He said, I'm an attorney. And as an attorney, I need to understand the other side's perspective in order to argue it. If I don't see the other side's perspective, I can never properly argue their side. Okay? It's very important. And as, as, as human beings, if we want to grow, we have to be able to see another perspective. You know, whether it's in marriage, whether it's with a, in a partnership, in business, you always have to be, be willing and uh, ready to, to hear, just even hear or understand another side. Uh, you know, the, the ex-Mossad chief, Mayor Dagan, was being uh, interviewed by Leslie Stahl in 60 Minutes on a rooftop in uh, Tel Aviv. And she said... Do you think the Iranian people, because it was at the time where Iran was saying death to Israel, death to America, every day, pronouncing it clear. It's like they wake up and we say Moda'ani, thank you, Hashem. They say death to Israel, death to you, to the USA. She asks uh, Mayor Dagan, do you think that they're rational people? And this is the following words, quote, the regime in Iran is a very rational one. This is March 11th, 2012. Uh, I saw this interview, and it was brilliant what he said. He followed it by saying, if we don't understand the rationale of the Iranian regime, we will never be able to overcome it. They have a rationale. I don't agree with it, but they have a rationale. And we have to understand that rationale. If a Bet-Din rules 100% against the defendant, he goes out free. Why? Someone has to be able to see his side. Someone has to be able to see another side. And that's part of Shmiasa Ozen, listening, listening a little bit, listening to the other, other perspective. And then the last part is when you listen, you don't have to be silent. You can ask. It says, Lo Habayshan Lomet. 
Someone who is shy will never learn. If you're not willing to ask, challenge them. Ask them for proof. Be an active listener. But on the other hand, on the other hand, a sign of wisdom is someone who's able to keep their mouth shut, to, to be silent, meaning to be listening and to be silent. My mother told me this. Listen and silent are the same letters. We have two ears and one mouth. Right? We should be hearing double what we speak. Listen. It's such a powerful thing. And then I want to just end off here that Rabbeinu Yonah says, if a master hits a servant and injures him, so if he injures his eye, he pays only the value of the eye. But if he injures his ear, and he pays the value of the full servant. He pays the value of the whole human. Why? That's how important listening is. And the Mishnah concludes, it says, a fool disturbs another's words. Why is he called a fool? Which is very powerful. Because he doesn't listen. So my dear friends, let's take this way number two, employ it to our daily lives, and let's listen. Let's hear the message and get a clear picture of what's going on around us. Uh, Effective listening is the key to a happy and successful life. You've been listening to the Jewish Inspiration Podcast, a Torch production. Become a supporter at torchweb.org because your assistance enables more Torah learning around the globe. To find more lessons offered by Torch, please visit torchpodcast.com.